Every day, a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward, building wealth faster than most dream possible, almost like they have the Midas touch. On Breakaway Wealth, we'll unlock the secrets to breaking out of the herd, thinking big, and building wealth on our own terms. And now let's join our host, the founder of Create Tailwind and your abundance advocate, Jim Oliver. Welcome to Breakaway Wealth Podcast, where you'll learn uncommon wealth building strategies of the rebellious and unconventional. I'm your host, Jim Oliver, founder of Create Tailwind, and I'm here with my producer, Matt Johnson, and we're here today to share how banks really make money, how you're told to make money, and how that disconnect is costing you money. Matt, really excited to be here today um, and looking forward to sharing some great information. I, I know, me too. I'm really excited because that when, when we first met and you started to kind of share a little bit about what you guys do, I started to realize things that, that I didn't know and some misconceptions and, uh, and misperceptions about money that, that I have that I'm excited for us to talk about. Because it, just getting a little peek into your world, you start to realize that Every day, there's there's huge deals being made. Uh, businesses and properties, you know, very unique deals are going down. Things are changing hands, and a very small group of people are making these essentially quantum leaps forward and building wealth way faster than most of us dream possible. And you mentioned something when we first started chatting, which is like some folks look like they have the Midas touch, but there's something about them that makes them different, right? They have this mindset of abundance and they spot opportunities that other people overlook. And so that's why I'm excited to, to help bring the podcast to people because you guys have the, an incredible, very different, very unconventional perspective on how to build wealth. And so that's what we're going to talk about. So let's, uh, let's jump in a little bit. And, and first of all, what do you mean by, you know, how, let, let's say how, like, why, why is this disconnect costing us money? Let's start from, from the end, just briefly to share kind of what, what the cost is. What, what is the cost to us of not understanding how money really works? Because we don't understand how money works, we put it kind of in prison. For instance, if we have a 401k or you're investing in mutual funds, you put it somewhere, you hope somebody else is making you money, and it's not in motion. But money has to flow. A bank understands that. And motion is a law of God. If air doesn't flow in and out of our bodies, we die. If blood doesn't flow through our bodies, we die. If water doesn't flow, it becomes stagnant. And if money doesn't flow, it dies. So banks would never let money just sit. Interesting. Okay. So that, yeah. And that's, that's something that uh, I think most people don't understand. We are, we are absolutely told to essentially park our money. So, and we'll get to that in a second, but getting back to kind of how the banks understand this and how they apply this principle. So how does a bank leverage the law of flow essentially to help them make money? So what a bank does is you go down and you deposit money in the bank and the bank takes your money and loans it to somebody else. So when you loan money or when you deposit money in the bank, it's really a liability until they put it in motion, just like we mentioned. So what they do is they loan it out to someone else who's going to pay them a high interest. They're going to pay you a low interest for the use of that money. And then they're going to, as that person starts to pay that money back to them, the borrower pays the bank back, they're going to loan it out over and over and over creating velocity. So the bank not only wants movement and motion with the money, but they want to create velocity to get that money moving faster and faster and faster and using it over and over and over again versus hmm. what we do is just let it sit. 
Yeah, I was going to say, so uh, when, when we're told on how to make money, essentially, I'm assuming that what we're being told is because it's coming down from the banking system itself. And so we're told to make money in a way that actually doesn't suit us very well, but it suits them perfectly. They would like us to park the money with them. Absolutely. So that they can use the money and they want us to focus on interest rate. What kind of interest rate are we earning at the bank or in Wall Street or wherever it is? They don't want to talk about fees. They don't want to talk about, you know, really is that interest rate the most important thing Mm -hmm. or is it the use of the money that's the most important thing? And, Hmm. you know, that's, that's really banks, what banks do by enslaving people financially by having their money parked there, most people don't realize what's happening. Hmm. Okay. So, so let's go a little bit deeper on that. Um, so we're, we're told to essentially focus on the, and I was thinking about this the other day and it might be pertinent here. Um, it, it, it occurred to me how much of what we believe and how much of the public's perception is driven by advertising and marketing. Right. So you mentioned the interest rate, right? That's, that's essentially what we hear on commercials. It's what we read in the newspapers. So we come away with a perception that, Oh, this is what wealthy or high income people focus on because this is what, but in reality, it's actually all the advertising that the banks do to get us to focus on that, but it's focusing on the wrong thing. Yeah. It's what we call noise is Mm -hmm. there's the noise of the world, which is the advertising and the, in the green lines and, and, you know, follow this or that's the, you know, commercials on how long you're going to live and everything else and how you're not going to run out of money and buy an annuity and you'll, you know, you'll not outlive your money. Look, you're going to be happy. And it's that noise that distracts us from the truth. And the truth is that just like life, money is a participatory sport. You have to be involved. You can't let somebody else run your life and you can't let somebody else run your, with your money. Mm. Well, that's interesting because that brings us to mindset, right? Because the, the, the mindset of money being a participatory sport is not one that most people want to acknowledge. Uh, and they would rather life and reality not be that way. But for the people that do get that mindset and, uh, and have more of a mindset of abundance and, and are willing to jump in and get into the game, obviously they, you know, they come away in the winners. But let's talk about how to shift that mindset a little bit, right? The mindset of scarcity to a mindset of abundance. How do you, how do you start to make that shift? Well, I think that what you have to do is you have to understand what's happening. So once we sit down with people and we show them how banks make money, mm-hmm. and then we show them how we can do some of those same principles to make money. And it kind of builds, you have to educate yourself and the way that you have abundance is to, that is to share your ideas with other people. So what we always say is that we want to create more value for the people we work with than we receive in reward. And we want, to, we want to show them how to use real asset investing, you know, more Robert Kiyosaki, real estate, buying assets than using financial instruments. Financial instruments are limiting and is really a scarcity mindset because you're hoping that you pick the right financial advisor. You're hoping that that person picks the right investments. You're hoping that somebody doesn't take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. Well, Matt, we love at Create Tailwind to say hope is not a strategy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not. Yeah, there's a, I ran across, um, you said one time that essentially the, the percentage of, for example, mutual funds or even hedge funds that beat the market 
is ridiculously small. And I don't remember the exact percentage. Maybe you know it offhand. But I think that's a big misperception that people have is that money is better off being managed by people that supposedly know better. The reality is the people that know better don't actually outperform the market on average. Yeah, 96% of fund managers don't beat the index yeah. over time. Now, think about that. You're paying somebody 1%, 2%. You know, if you have a, a large balance, maybe a little bit less than 1%. But if you look at the erosion of your money because of that fee over the next 10, 20, 30 years, it's amazing. And they don't beat the index. <laughs> So if you were gonna invest in Wall Street, you should invest in some type of index fund mm -hmm. because then you don't have the management fees. It's not actively managed. And if you don't know what some of those things mean, we're gonna be covering that in the podcast to really educate you and help you understand what's happening. Because yeah. like, like our friend Nelson Nash says, if you know what's happening, you'll know what to do. So mm -hmm. that, that's a key. That, that, that one is a, that one, point is a key as far as um, is, is what's happening to your money and how does it erode actual versus average rates of return. All of those things really net rates of return, meaning how much money did I start with? How much money did I end up with at the end of the year? That's my rate of return for the year. Yeah. Not what they're telling you the fund averages. Yeah, and, and speaking of Nelson, Nelson is going to be episode two, so you guys can look forward to, to hearing a very uh, interesting conversation with him. But I want to talk a little bit about the Midas Touch and give people some, maybe some concrete examples they can wrap their brain around. Because if you step out of obeying and kind of following what the herd does in terms of doing what the traditional banking system in Wall Street says to do, so let's say we break out of that. Okay, then what, what do we do and what are some of our options? Uh, and you've mentioned some friends and industry connections that have done some, some really unique things and, and created some very unique deals that gave them an essentially incredible windfalls of wealth in a very short period of time. Is there anything, any like concrete examples you can share? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's, there's real estate examples of people that have bought real estate and used the real estate cash flow to buy more real estate and then more real estate and more real estate. And all of a sudden, they have all this money flowing back to them. And Matt, I think that's one of those keys of the Midas Touch is most people earn an income, put it in the bank, and it slowly flows away from them and, and it never comes back. And their answer is to increase their amount of income yep. or decrease the amount of flow. But it's changing the direction of the flow. So if, if I start to earn interest or save interest or earn revenue from an investment and that's starting to come back into my banking system under my control and then I'm able to redeploy that money over and over and over again, it will be where I, then I have really that magic uh, Midas touch of everything that I touch turns to gold. So there's a, a client of ours that uh, is, uh, runs eye clinics. And he started off with one very nice clinic, but it's just like a branch at a bank. It can only be so big, so nice, one location. Yeah. He now has 13 locations, 13 eye clinics, because he learned how to get this cash flow to come back to him and expand his, his, his holdings, his hmm. assets. And business owners, they don't want these financial instruments. They want assets. Assets pr produce revenue. 
And then revenue can be reused to produce more revenue. And it's like a snowball effect. It's the compound effect. Like in Dar uh, Darren Hardy's book, The Compound Effect, you know, a penny doubling every day doesn't sound like much, but we'll show you the math. It's pretty cool after 31 days. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that example in the book. It's, I don't remember the numbers offhand, but it's, I think it was in the millions if I remember right. Yeah, $10,737,000 by a penny doubling every day for 31 days. Now, by the way, Matt, if you interrupt that compounding, which why would you ever do that? You'd be surprised at the results you have in 31 days. But yeah. we do that every day by taking money and paying cash for something and interrupting compounding, even if it's much, uh, much lower compounding rate. But hmm. the point of the book is little differences make a huge difference and it does in our money as well. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of clients, because you, you, we've, we've briefly alluded to the fact that you guys work with clients to help them kind of implement some of these concepts, but tell me a little bit about what Create Tailwind is and was and kind of how, how did you get to where you're helping clients do this now versus what you used to do? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've been doing this 30 years. It'll be 30 years, December 4th of uh, uh, 2018. And for the first 15 years or so, I built a um, financial planning firm, a conventional financial planning firm. We had 37 reps running around, um, about 700 million under management, and everything was great. Until we really started to look at the correction of, of the early 2000s, 2001, 2002, and 2008. And we went back and looked at the math and what the real rate of return was for our clients and what our true money managers were telling us that the average rate of return was. And we said, you know what? This is wrong. Hmm. Financial planning really doesn't work if you have corrections in the market, which you will. So we looked for a better option. And what are the really wealthy people doing with their money? What do banks do with their money? And so we made this a study and it's, it's kind of like that principle, whatever you, the greatest secret, right? The uh, Earl Nightingale, whatever you think about most, you become. So we focused on money and alternative ways to build wealth, you know, unconventionally, rebelliously <laughs> against the system. And we discovered that the number one thing is you have to control the banking function in your life then everything else builds from there. Gotcha. Okay. So we're, that's way beyond the scope of, of the first episode to get into right. the function of how do you become your own banker. And that's actually what you're going to talk to Nelson about. So everybody should go listen to episode two to get more detail on that. Before we get to that, uh, we mentioned Nelson as being one of the future guests of the show, but tell me a little bit about some of the other people or types of people that you're going to share their stories and, and kind of shine a spotlight on them on the show. Yeah, in the third episode, we're going to talk to a great client, Javier, and, you know, Javier was destroyed financially by a accident, and okay. he's overcome that, and within just a few short years, has turned his financial world around and is, is increasing his velocity of building wealth, and we're going to talk about his story of adversity, overcoming that adversity, and really just taking uh, physically where he was completely uh, in a nursing home in his early 30s and, um, and bankrupt to becoming 
wealthy, affluent, and it is building wealth faster than he could imagine. And I'm, I'm glad to say his health has had the same type of recovery. So he's a really inspirational guy. Um, and uh, he's going to be the third episode. And then we have uh, economists. Um, we have people that have uh, focused their whole careers on helping business owners build their business. Um, we have um, people that are doing it. That's mm -hmm. the difference of Create Tailwind. Mm -hmm. This is not, we're not saying um, that uh, this is the theory. This is more like Robert Kiyosaki that this is what I did. This is mm -hmm. how I learned this. So we've done it. We're doing it. And we are our own banker and we are investing in real asset, uh, um, in real assets. And we are creating velocity with our money. And we can show you specific examples. I can show you how I bought businesses and created cash flow with those businesses. And so we have done it. It's from firsthand, not here's what somebody else did. So we're going to get real people on that are doing it. Okay. Very cool. And I think that's going to be hugely helpful because it helps people wrap their heads around concrete examples, right? So, so translating the theoretical into the real world. Uh, let's talk a little bit about who, who gets the most benefit out of listening to these types of conversations. Is it, um, you know, is it the average person working a job, putting their money into 401k where they should be putting it somewhere else? Is it the high net worth, you know, doctor, physician, lawyer? Is it the business owner? Who, who gets the most benefit? You know, th that's one of the things I love, Matt, about the concepts is anybody can do them. We have people that are using a few hundred dollars a, a month in their early 20s and some actually in their teens. We have people that are putting millions and millions of dollars a year into these concepts. So mm -hmm. it works for everyone. Mm -hmm. And it's really taking back control. Taking back control can happen on a small scale, can happen on a large scale, but we're, and we're, gonna, we're not just gonna focus on the people making millions of dollars doing this, we're gonna focus on people too that just turned, maybe they just started financing their own cars, or maybe they just started investing in a few properties that they're seeing some cash flow. We're gonna give you ideas, but this works for everyone. And so the people that are gonna benefit the most are really people that say, I want to implement these strategies in my own life and I'm ready to take that step to actually get off the sidelines and do it and stop letting somebody else manage my money and make a nice living doing it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's very well put. Uh, well, let's finish out with this. What's the best way for people to connect with you guys and learn more about what you do? Well, go to our website, createtailwind.com and it's a unique website. And it, it actually scrolls up. I'll give you the secret of the website. It goes up instead of down because we want you to ascend. Mm -hmm. We're not looking for you to climb a mountain and then descend and hope you don't run out of money, which is the traditional retirement planning. We want you to just keep on ascending and getting bigger and bigger and bigger and without um, having to go to work for money so that you're not working for money, your money's working for you. And that would be the best way, createtailwind.com. And, uh, you know, I, 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 you know in, the, in the second episode, we're going to make an offer to anybody that goes on the website and sets up a webinar um, that we're going to give them a free gift uh, from our uh, special guest, uh, Nelson Nash, in the, in the second episode. 
Perfect. Well, with that being said, for, for everybody that's listening right now, um, when the podcast launched, we put out both of those episodes. So you can go listen to Nelson's episode right now. If it didn't already automatically download on your phone, on your device, uh, you can go grab that episode on iTunes. You can grab it on uh, your major platforms like Stitcher. If you're using an Android device, you can also go straight to Apple Podcasts if you're on your iPhone. So that episode is out right now. So go check that out. And Jim, thanks so much. This was fantastic. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Uh, thanks for the time and uh, look forward to really sharing these ideas with uh, everybody listening. Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.